<laughs> Y'all pretty unprepared this morning. Yeah, that'll work. Y'all didn't tell me I was going to have to sing. Blame it on the little skinny man down there. You want that raised up? Let's do it. How about in a I'm sorry, buddy. I swapped you, didn't Y'all want me to mess up the word. Come and listen in to the radio station where the mighty host of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Some eternal morning we shall meet them over on the hallelujah shore. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. I told you. Turn your radio on. in Genesis chapter 32. Wasn't that wonderful? You know you're in the country when the board says cathead and friends. So, but I hope you enjoyed that. Thank y'all for those specials. I'm glad the day that I got saved, God gave me a song. 
And I'm glad there's joy deep down inside of our hearts. And I'm glad we have a reason to sing. I'm glad we have something to sing. There's a lot of folks out there that doesn't have a song to sing. But child of God, we ought to have a song deep down in our hearts. If you're saved, if you know the Lord, then you ought to rejoice in Him today. It is good to see everyone here this morning. It's good to be in God's house. The weather's beautiful outside. Everything's just good. I'll tell you, it blessed my soul to walk in this morning and see Miss Phyllis Hill back there this morning. What a blessing it is to see her continue to remember her and Brother Butch and the battle they have. Uh, God's been good. God has answered prayer. What a mighty God we serve. Stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32, and we're going to start in verse 24. Genesis 32 and verse 24. Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Lord, I ask you to bless it at this time. Lord, our, I pray that our hearts are prepared for the reading of your word. God, I need your help this morning. I don't want to preach on my own unction. I don't want to preach on my own merit or on my own power. Lord, I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit today. Lord, I don't want to have just an ordinary service. I want to have an extraordinary service. Lord, I don't want to come here and just go through the motions. Lord, we need to hear from you today. Lord, we need a message from your word. We don't need another message from man, but we need a message from heaven today. And God, I pray that you give me the unction that I need. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit today. And Lord, when I, I preach your word, I pray it's not me that's heard. I pray it's you that is heard, Lord. I pray that it's you that's glorified. God, I pray that souls will be saved today. I pray that lives will be changed today. Lord, I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, the day God intervened. The day God intervened. I want to speak to you this morning about an experience that Jacob had with the Lord. I want to talk to you about an experience that Jacob had with the Lord. Now I want you to understand that this is not the first or second experience that Jacob had with the Lord. Jacob already knew God. Jacob was a saved man. And so to put this in context, we're not dealing with a lost man. We're not dealing with somebody that didn't know the Lord, we are talking about a saved child of God that was going through some battles in his life. And it was time for something to change in his life. The day that God intervened. Something was going on in the life of this child of God and God had 
enough. And God stepped in and God intervened. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for those days that God stepped in and he intervened. I'm glad for those days that I was headed for a mess in my life and God stepped in and he intervened. I'm glad that he doesn't leave us alone as his children. I'm glad the day that we got saved, he didn't just throw us out there and say, do it on your own. I'm glad his Holy Spirit has guided us. I'm glad his Holy Spirit has comforted us. And I'm glad that God hadn't left me alone. And there's times in my life that I was headed down the wrong path and bless God. God, God stepped in. God wasn't going to have it. Child of God, God's not going to have it today. He's not going to leave us alone. He's not going to quit bugging us. He is our God. We are His child. He has every right to chasten us. He has every right to stop us and get our attention. My mom and my dad get on me so, so hard about how hard I am on my kids. And they say, boy, you're so hard on Connor. I said, well, I'm glad y'all finally got some compassion, do you? I said, y'all were so hard on me. But I've got every right as a father to chasten my child. Well, child of God, God has every right to chasten us. He has every right to step in and say, wait a minute, you're going down the wrong path. And that's exactly what happened with Jacob. Now remember, Jacob's already met God. And we know the Bethel experience that he had with God. The name Bethel means house of God. And so when he went to Bethel, he met God. He went to the house of God to get gained this relationship with God. And when he met God there, God promised him prosperity. You remember he promised him a land. He said, I'll give you this land. Aren't you glad the day we met God, He promised us a land that is fairer than day? Aren't you glad that He promised us prosperity? But not only did He promise Him prosperity, but He promised Him preservation. He said, your, your seed will last forever. The day He met God, God promised Him preservation. I'm glad that we will always live in Jesus. I'm glad that we'll never perish. I'm glad that we'll never truly ever die. We will have everlasting life because of the day that we met Jesus. Not only did he promise him prosperity and preservation, but he promised him uh, protection. What did he say? He said, I'm with thee. Everywhere you go, I'm going to be there with you. So the very day that he met God, God said, I'm going to follow you every step of the way. Child of God, you can't lose God. You can't run off on God. You can't run away from God. As much as you try to run, God said, I am with you. And wherever you go, I'm going to go. Wherever, whatever you're going through in life, I'm going to go through it with you. I don't know about y'all, but I'm thankful for that promise today. I'm glad that he promised me a land. I'm glad he promised me everlasting life. But I'm glad he promised me that he will be with me every step of the way. And man, every step of the way, God... God was with Jacob, and Jacob made some mistakes. Jacob did some things that wasn't right, but God was still there. I'm glad that when I do things wrong, some people may turn their back on me, but God has never turned his back on me. God will never turn his back on me because God is faithful. He made a promise. Jacob messed up. God didn't mess up. Jacob wasn't faithful. God was faithful. When you're not faithful, God is always faithful. Aren't you glad that he promised that he'll be with us? When Jacob went to Bethel, 
He, he left Bethel as a believing man. But here in the scripture, he comes to a place called uh, Peniel. And when he left Bethel, he left a believing man. But when he leaves Peniel, he leaves a broken man. When he left Bethel, he left as a son of God. But when he leaves Peniel, he leaves as a saint of God. When he left Bethel, he died to his sins. But when he leaves this place called Peniel, he died to himself. When he left Bethel, he left with hope. When he left Peniel, he left with a broken hip, but he left with a changed heart. You see, he met God at Bethel, but when he met God at Peniel, God did something to this saved man that changed him forever. This man lived different. Understand, child of God, we're talking about a child of God who was saved and knew the Lord, but needed a change in his life, needed to change direction. And that's a, exactly what's fixing to happen in the life of Jacob. I want you to notice, number one, that Jacob was a man of battles. I want you to look in verse 24. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. Understand that Jacob was a man of battles. His entire life he battled. Every relationship he had was a relationship of battles. You remember it was a relationship of lies with his father. It was a relationship of deception with his brother. It was a relationship of trickery with his father-in-law. On every side, Jacob had battles. There's nothing worse than battling family members, isn't it? There's nothing worse than being at all with somebody and fighting and fussing. And we know the life of Jacob. We know the stolen blessing there that he got from his brother. We know the lies that he told. We know that Jacob uh, was not an honest man. Jacob was a man of trickery. The Bible says that even in his name, and we'll get to that in a minute, that it means trickery. Jacob was a man that you couldn't trust. You couldn't turn your back on this man. This man would lie to you. This man would do anything that he could to get ahead. This man had animals. This man had 11 kids at this time. This man had prosperity coming out of everywhere, but nobody would turn their back against Jacob. Nobody trusts Jacob. May I remind you, Jacob was a saved man. May I remind you that Jacob knew the Lord, but nobody trusted this child of God. This man was a man of tricky, trickery, but he was saved. This man was a man of lies and deception, but he was a saved man. That's no way for a saved man to live life. That's no way for a child of God to act and live in this world. But aren't you glad that God intervened? And here he is fixing to face the battle of his life. He's been running 30-something years from his brother. He stole the blessing from his brother. And now he's fixing to come face-to-face -face this next day with Esau. He's been running 30 years from his battles. He's been running 30 years from his problem. Some of us in here have been running from broken relationships, have been running from a troubled life and troubled sin and addiction and this and this and this. We face battles on everything every hand and we keep putting it off we don't want to face it we don't want to address it well let me tell you there's coming a day that you're going to have to address your Esau's in life you can run a little while but you cannot run forever you say well we'll just sweep it under the rug and we'll we'll get it out of our life it will always come back until you deal with it child of God God will never leave you alone about it and so it was time to meet Esau Esau came with 400 men Jacob said, uh-oh, 
Uh-oh, my brother's about to kill me. He divided up his house. He divided up the portion of his animals. He divided everything up into two different companies in case Esau slew one that his seed could still go on with the other company. And here he is. He's facing the battle of his life. He goes to bed. And he, man, I can't imagine when he laid down the fear that he had. Man, I finally got to face Esau. I finally got to face Esau. I don't know about y'all, but I hate going to bed worrying about my Esau's in life. I hate going to bed. Can't sleep at night because I know that I have battles that I need to face and deal with. And this man laid his head down on his pillow. He probably thought, man, I'm not going to get any rest tonight. He fell fast asleep. Little did he know he was in for the battle of his life. He thought Esau was the one he was about to battle. Esau was the least of his worries. Child of God, it's not your Esau's that you need to worry about. In fact, the Bible says don't fear any man, don't fear any situation, but fear God Himself. And right here on this place, God intervened. And He said, Esau's the least of your problems. He said, tonight you can wrestle with Esau tomorrow, but tonight you're going to wrestle with me. And that night on this place called Peniel, he came face to face with God. And there was two words here that describe this interaction between him and God. Notice what it said in verse 24. And Jacob was left alone. Notice the word alone. When he came face to face with God, he was alone. Aren't you glad God didn't leave him alone? Aren't you glad God pursued him? Aren't you glad God never gave up on Jacob? Because if he did, he'd have done give up on me. Aren't you glad he didn't give up on you? Man, there's these times in our life that God approaches us through his Holy Spirit. He approaches us about the battles in our life. And there's something about coming face to face with God. You cannot hide from him. You cannot put on this facade. You cannot deceive him. I can deceive you, but I can't deceive God. God sees it all. And I'm telling you, this man was face to face with God alone. Alone. Let me tell you something. When you get face to face with God, you can't carry your wife. You can't carry your husband. You can't carry your kids. You can't carry, you can't carry your family members. You can't carry old faithful mamma. When you come face to face with God, it's you and God. It's you and God. And I'm telling you, we need some you and God experiences in our life. We need to put the cousins and the friends and the popular crowd on the outside. And we need to get face to face with God and get along with him there's coming a day that every man child woman everybody's going to stand face to face with an almighty God we will all stand before him your family will not be there your co-workers will not be there it will be you and God you and God but aren't you glad God gives us some experiences that it's us and him now and we come face to face with Him. And my wife can't say, oh God, but Josh tried, but Josh this. My kids can't say, oh, but I love Him. Let me tell you something, it's me and God today. And God sees me for who I am. I'll never forget when y'all called me to come here. I was mad and slinging stuff around. And Lacey said, what's wrong with you? I said, if them people saw me how God saw me, they wouldn't want me. Mm. We're not fooling God, are we? 
God sees everything in our life. And Jacob has been running from his troubles for years and years and years. And it was time to come face to face with God. And he was by himself. Isn't it amazing how God can isolate us? We surround ourselves with television and Facebook and friends and hobbies and jobs and everything to try to drown out the voice of God. When we go to camp, the cell phones go uh, in a bag, don't they, Brother Hayden? Because the Holy Spirit get working on, their, on those kids. You know what they'll do at night? They'll put them headphones in. They'll try to drown out the voice of God. Let me tell you something, folks. We need to quit drowning out His voice. We need to get alone with our Father. We need to let Him speak with us. And notice what it said, that He wrestled. He wrestled with God. Have you all ever wrestled with God? Bunch of liars. Raise your hand. My goodness. We've all wrestled with God. God's calling us to do something. God's calling us to obedience. Maybe we have an addiction. Maybe we have a relationship problem. Maybe God's called us to preach and we won't preach. Maybe God's calling us to do this or this and we won't do it. God comes to us and He wrestles with us. And He begins to convict us and tell us over and over and over again. How many times have you said, God, would you just leave me alone? But aren't you glad that He didn't? And he wrestles with us. I remember the night that old David talked about when he wrestled with the Lord. And he said, when I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. When David wrestled with God, it sucked everything that he had out of him. Do you realize why we're so miserable today? Because we're wrestling with God. And it's sucking us dry. We've lost the joy and the peace of our salvation. And we're dry as the drought of summer. Our moisture is gone. Our unction, the function is gone. We're down on life. We're down on God. We're down on everything. Because we're wrestling God. You listen to this preacher. Look at me. God's not going to stop. God's not going to stop. I'm glad He pursued me. I'm glad He never left me alone. I'll never forget when I surrendered to preach, I called Lacey's Peppa and I said, Brother Don, I surrendered to preach. And he said, well, I'm glad you changed your mind because God ain't going to change his mind. <laughs> God's not going to change his mind. And he's going to pursue us and he's going to wrestle with us to get us to where we need to be. Man, it's one thing to be at odds with your wife or your husband, but it's another thing to be at odds with God. And most of our life, a lot of times, our misery comes not because things are broken in the home, but because things are broken between us and God. Not because things are broken in our society, but because things are broken between us and God. God wrestled that man down. I remember the day that he wrestled me down. And he got me alone. Whew. I'm glad he intervened. I had no idea, Brother Joe, where I was headed, but God did. And God came to me at my pineal, and He came face to face, and He got me alone, and He wrestled me down. He isolated me from everybody, and He said, Josh, you know what you need to do, and it's time for you to do it. Whew. Oh, I'm glad He stepped in. Oh, I'm glad He stopped me. Notice number two, Jacob became a man of brokenness. If you're with me, say amen. 
Go to verse 27. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. Notice, number one, for him to be broken, he had to acknowledge who he was. Don't you know God knows who he was? Don't you know that God knew exactly who this man was? But it was time for Jacob to admit who Jacob was. And in the Hebrew, the name Jacob means trickster, cheater, one who takes you by the heel. Boy, isn't that a reputation as a child of God? Isn't that a reputation as a man of God to walk around? Nobody will turn their back to you because you're a trickster and and a cheater and a liar. Child of God, that's for nobody to act as a child of God. And he said, who are you? What is your name? He said, my name is Jacob. Do you know what Jacob was doing? He was acknowledging who he was. He was acknowledging his problem. He was in the battle of his life because he was struggling as a child of God. And he began to acknowledge that one thing that was standing between him and God. He was dishonest. He was a trickster. He was cheating his way to the top. And God said, I've had enough. And he said, who are you? Friend, God knows every hair on our head. He wanted this man to acknowledge that one thing standing between him and God. Maybe you got everything right. But maybe there's that one thing that's standing between you and the Lord. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's just unfaithfulness. Maybe, well, I I don't know what it is, but you know what it is. Because God's pointed it out time and time and time again. And He's battled you on it and battled you on it. Child of God, it's time for us to acknowledge what God already knows. It's time for us to call out to God and say, God, this is who I am. This is what I've been doing. And God, here's my sin. Child of God, every one of us must come to a time in our Christian life that we must understand that God's not going to put up with it. And we must carry our sins and our life before the Lord and say, God, here's who I am. Miss V, I can have you fooled. Brother Bobby, I can have you fooled. Brother Norman, I may have you fooled, but I don't have God fooled. And you say, well, that preacher, he's faithful. Man, I'm telling you, that preacher, he's the best thing since bubblegum. Man, thank y'all for that. I appreciate that. God knows better. God knows my faults and He knows my failures. And it's time for us as God's people to acknowledge what God already knows. And to acknowledge what God has already tried to deal with in our life. Understand that we must acknowledge. But go to verse 25. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him. You're not going to win against God. You're not going to win the battle if you're back. You may win the battle with your wife or husband. Me and my wife's so hard-headed, we'll go all night to prove, who, to prove who's more hard-headed. But it's a battle that will go on and on and on and on. But God's going to win the battle. One way or the other, God's going to win. Give in before He takes over. Amen? Give in. Notice what it's saying. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. Why did he basically pop his hip out of joint? Why was that? This was a physical thing that God was doing to get his attention spiritually. 
It wasn't a physical problem. It was a spiritual problem. But he got him down physically so that he could address him spiritually. Now, why did he take his hip out of place? Because what's, what's Jacob been doing for 30-something years? He's been running. He's been running. He's been running. And for the very first time in his life, he's having to face the facts and address the problem. Brother Hayden, he can't run no more. God pulled his hip out of place. He can't run no more. He ran for his brother for 38 years, I believe it was. He ran from his problems. He ran from this and he ran from this. And God said, I'm done with you running. God knows how to get us down, doesn't he? God knows how to put us in a place, in a position to where we look at him. As much as Jacob wanted to run, he couldn't run. He said, tonight you're going to deal with it. Tonight I've had enough. And I'm, I'm going to handicap you where you can't run from your problems. Child of God, we must quit running from our problems. And if you don't, God can get you down to where he needs you so that you can address the problem. You say, well, I'll run. He, he knows how to stop at running. He knows how to slow us down. Well, you know, preacher, I've got this. That very thing that you use, he can take away from you. You be careful, parents. You be careful, husband. You be careful, wife. He knows how to get you to stop running. And he knows how to get your... T I'm not telling you this because I don't like you. I'm telling you this because I love you. Because I'm glad that I listened before I ever had kids. Because God knows how to stop his daddies. He knows how to stop his mamas. And he said, you're not running anymore. Hmm. Then notice the next scripture. Jacob wouldn't let him go. He finally came face to face with God. The angel said, let me go. <laughs> Jacob said, uh-uh. I'm down and I'm low and I'm broken and I'm humble. And it's time to get things right. <laughs> Whew. I ain't worried about Esau. I'm not worried about my father-in-law. I'm not worried about all the other problems. God, all the only fault that I'm worried about is between me and you. It's amazing that we, we just can't get in the presence of God. We use 10,000 excuses to stay out of His presence. But oh, Miss V, when He gets our hip out of place and puts us in His presence, we just hold on to Him. And we say, God, i got to get right with you. God, this is my faults. This is my failures. I believe that night Jacob got right. I'm telling you, he may not got right with anybody, but he got right with God. He got right with God. And that night he said, no, God, don't leave. I'm not done talking. Oh God I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. Well I don't know about y'all but I don't want to see y'all's closet and I don't want y'all to see my closet. But that night Jacob unloaded his closet on the Lord and he said here it is God. Take it all. Whew. This man that laid down so heavy burden. That night he wrestled with God. He said, God, here's my burdens, here's my sins, here's my faults, here's my failures. Whew. Oh. This was a saved man. The other day I was talking with somebody about Peter. Whew. Peter, Jesus told Peter, said, listen, you're going to deny me three times, but I've prayed for you that your faith fall not. But when you are converted, go strengthen the brethren. What happened? Peter failed, didn't he? 
But his faith didn't fail, his flesh failed. You know why Jacob was a child of God and a cheater at the same time? Do you know why Jacob was a child of God and a liar at the same time? Because his flesh was failing him. Peter's flesh failed him. But he said, when thou art converted, the word converted in the Greek means to turn one's mind. Through this, when you deny me three times, you're going to be converted to go strengthen the brethren. What is he talking about? The sermon on the day of Pentecost. He said, you're going to go preach a message where 3,000 folks get saved. You're going to turn around and preach another one that 5,000 folks get saved. But first, you've got to go through the fire. And you're going to deny me three times. You remember what happened when he denied him and that cock crew? He went out and he wept bitterly. He had a pineal experience. And I don't know where he went that night, but I know God was with him. And I believe God met him and God humbled him. And God converted him. Isn't that bad that God has to convert us as his children? God has to turn our path and change the path that we're going. Child of God, shouldn't we already be living that way? You know, you know what this is telling us? Them, them folks are right out there. You know why a bunch of folks won't sit here this morning? Because we're a bunch of hypocrites. And they're right. They're right. It's bad when Jacob, the grandson of Abraham, has got to be converted as a child of God. It's bad when the apostle Peter has to be converted as a child of God. It's bad when a saved child of God and the apostle Peter, who's already confessed who Jesus Christ was, who's already done all kinds of things for the namesake of Jesus Christ, has to be converted. But that night when that cock crew, he fell under conviction and he faced a battle. God said, it's time for you to turn, Peter. It's time for you to have some boldness and some strength and to stand up and do what I've called you to do. Do you know what? Peter couldn't have done what he did on the day of Pentecost if he wasn't still on that wheel and he still wasn't in that refiner's fire. Folks, I'm just a piece of pottery that God made. And I've been broken many, many times. But I'm glad he didn't throw the clay away. I'm glad he put me back up on the wheel. And may I remind you, when that piece of pottery gets hard, it can't be used anymore. It can't be molded anymore. Child of God, he has a way of humbling us. And he puts us up on that wheel. And he puts us in his hands. I don't like my battles. I don't like what I'm going through. But He's trying to convert me. He's trying to change me. He's trying to make me a better child of His. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my Comforter. And the Word of God is my guide. But my Father has got me on the wheel. And He's saying, Josh, I'm not done with you. These little bumps come along. God sees it the whole time. And I'm down here whining like a baby. Oh, God. God's saying, suck it up. My wife's saying, suck it up. God knows what he's doing, folks. He meets us at Peniel. He gets us face to face. 
And he says, it's time for you to get saved. It's time for you to surrender to preach. It's time for you to join the church. It's time for you to repent of your sins. It's time for you to leave that trial down, to put that temptation down. It's time to leave it there. God knows and you know this morning what you need to do. And He's not going to leave you alone until you do it. And that night, Jacob got a new name. <laughs> Israel. What a blessing. This man was humbled in tears, broken, broken hip. But he said, I'm going to give you a new name. And from that day forward, <laughs> older folks, y'all know what I'm doing here. <laughs> Sorry, I love you. <sighs> My time is coming, you're right. Jacob had that broken hip the rest of his life. He had that little limp in a step. That little limp was to remind him of the day that he came face to face with God. And God reminded him, I changed you, Jacob. I saved you, I changed you, I've molded you, and I'm making you. Don't go back to the same mistakes. You keep on going for me. I'm glad I didn't have to get to the place where I got to see the consequences the rest of my life. Jacob did. Child of God, you don't have to battle it anymore. I don't know what you're battling. Maybe God's calling you to join this church and you've been fighting Him. Maybe He's calling you to faithfulness and you've been fighting Him. Maybe He's calling you to be saved, lost person. I'm glad that Holy Spirit didn't leave me alone. If he's knocking on your heart this morning, would you be saved? Oh, he knows how to bring us down to that pineal experience. He knows how to break our hip. He knows how to put us in that position where we listen to him. Would you give in today? I want everybody to look at me. I didn't want to preach this sermon this morning. I fought God. Ain't that something? I'm telling you, don't fight God. And I fought him all night. I did not want to preach this this morning, Brother Hayden. But God said, this is what I want you to preach. Woke up this morning absolutely miserable. Because I just fought God all night. God knows what's best, folks. He knows what's right for our life. He knows what's right for our family. He knows what's right for our hearts. He knows. Would we just quit fighting? Just give in and surrender ourselves to His Lordship. Would you lay it down, acknowledge who you are?